0: Hello, and welcome to Podcast, the number one podcast for product teams. The Podcast podcast is dedicated to bringing you key insights and learnings from the world's finest product managers and product leaders. The only sustainable competitive advantage in your career is to continually learn and grow. And the Podcast podcast is all about democratizing shared learning for product teams. On today's episode, I sit down with Alex Mitchell. Alex is the chief product officer at ICX Media, the author of two books, and an avid blogger on Medium. Alex has worked his whole career for companies that have a strong remote work culture. With all that's going on with the coronavirus, Alex shared an article on Medium that explains how to be a great remote product manager. Today, we discuss that article and what Alex has learned in the last few weeks, being a fully remote product leader for the first time. Being fully remote for the first time myself, I learned a lot from Alex, and I know you will too, so let's get started. Hey Alex, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks John, great to be here.
0: Awesome, glad to have you. So to kick things off, Alex, could you give the listeners a quick introduction of yourself and and what you do with uh, ICX Media?
1: sure so i'm alex mitchell i've been in product for coming up on seven seven years or so now i uh, been with icx media the last two as the chief product officer um, it's a 30 person startup here in washington dc that primarily helps comedian entertainment companies and we help them basically add data to their creative process so that they can produce better content that's kind of informed by data, reach the audiences um, that they wanna reach. Uh, We're about 50% remote team out of that 30 uh, before the whole COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. And then for the past two plus weeks, we've gone fully fully remote here. It's
0: crazy. It's crazy how things can, can change so quickly.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I think we were probably prepared a little bit better than, than most out there because we had that experience with half our team. So it's it hasn't been a, a crazy adjustment for at least all the folks without without kids at home. That's been a little bit different for them. So
0: Absolutely. It was kind of the same for us where we, we had probably, I don't know, maybe a tenth to a third of our company that was remote and now the whole thing is. So we're feeling it a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's that's a little bit bigger change. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: For sure. And, and so you wrote a really great article. You've been writing on, on Medium for a while. I saw a post where you had like over a million views last year or something, which, which is awesome. Um, but one of your recent ones was, you know, pretty relevant for today. It was how to be a great remote product manager. Um, so you said you, you've, you know, your company was about 50% remote. Um, have you done remote work or worked in like kind of mostly remote companies before?
1: Yeah. So as I was I was kind of writing this post, I was thinking back on on the really four companies that I've been a part of. And you know, I was I almost surprised myself that every single one of those companies had a, a remote, you know, component to it. So I think back to like VistaPrint Digital, which is my first product job, or upside travel, my second one. We had kind of remote quality teams um, in Ukraine. We had some remote developers. Um, and then a startup that I, I started about a year ago called Bullseye that's in the ed tech space. We had developers in Pakistan and then everyone else was kind of remote around the United States. And then you know, ICX Media, which we were just talking about, you know, we have a lot of our developers um, in Baltimore or in other cities uh, around the U.S. We have some developers actually have been in Africa. Uh, we have our quality team in Eastern Europe. So as I kind of looked back on that, you know, I've, I've always been uh, on a team that had a remote component. I've just never kind of been the remote person. I've always kind of been the person in the office. Um, and then this, this whole coronavirus thing has kind of flipped it a bit where now everyone's remote. And so I took that opportunity to kind of, you know, reflect on the things I've seen work in the remote space. Um, you know, talk with some some other people who have done, you know, almost exclusively remote product management uh, for for many years to get their kind of input and their experience and what they've learned. And yeah, I kind of put that all together in a post that really is designed to help a lot of people who are going in on this you know, fully remote thing for the, the first time, just kind of a, a do's and don'ts guide um, to, to help them benefit from you know the years of, of experience that I, I tried to gather, and then even the experience that I've had in the office working with a lot of remote folks.
0: Absolutely, I, I know our whole product team uh, read your article and uh, we're trying to communicate a lot better and, and communication was one that, one of the points that you made in the article and so, um, you know, why why is communication even more critical when you're remote and, and maybe what are some of the, you know, effective communication tactics that you've seen work really well?
1: Yeah, I think we, you know, when we're working together, we definitely take some of the communication that happens for granted, um, you know, across desks or, you know, over lunch or just in passing, um, you kind of, you know, forget about all of that and then when everyone's remote, you instantly lose kind of all those connections that that happen. Um, and so, you know, it, it's a challenge sometimes to replace that, but a few things that I've found is just kind of um, ramping up maybe just the, the kind of check-in meetings. So, you know, maybe you have, you know, stand-ups with your team once a day, it might be helpful to maybe have one at the end of the day too, because you just, you're kind of losing some communication. So you have to kind of catch up in some way. Um, another thing I've, I've seen, um, when when we go fully remote, and this has happened to me as well, is even the people who you report to or who report with you, you start to lose a little bit of touch with because, you know, maybe you had that one-on-one meeting, you know, every two weeks with your manager or with, you know, someone you manage, um, but you always talked, you know, in between that time. Now, you know, maybe you only have Slack or email as your form of communication in that time in between, and it's probably not enough. So you, maybe that one-on-one goes from you know, once a week to twice a week, something like that. It, you know, it sounds a little silly because these are pretty simple solutions, but I would say kind of ramping up those scheduled communications actually does make an impact and also just being kind of deliberate about, you know, kind of finding other ways to, to connect people. So I didn't actually write this in the article, but we did a, uh, a remote happy hour um, at my company earlier this week on Monday. And it's, you know, something obviously we've never done before, but it was just a way to get everyone together, get everyone just talking even about things outside of work and and kind of keeping that culture alive as, as you know, we're not, you know, together for for at least a month or two here, uh, so it kind of takes a few of those things, but it's really kind of amp up the check-ins and be creative um, in ways to you know kind of keep culture going and keep connections going.
0: I like the the happy hour idea. I think we're gonna, I'm going to try to steal that that was good
1: yeah it was good and our our company even uh sponsored uh you know an order from you know local restaurants or local bars of a you know a nice bottle of alcohol for everyone so that was nice too so
0: very nice <laughs> take your mind off the the crazy for a little bit
1: yeah at least for a little bit yep
0: <laughs> yeah, and earlier you mentioned that it, it will probably take more meetings than you're used to so for people that don't like meetings it, it's just one of those things, pills you're going to have to swallow. Um, that my, my boss was telling me earlier that, you know, how frustrated he was because something that he could have grabbed a couple of people in a room in, in the office took like four different phone calls, four different meetings just to nail down this one thing. And so um, any advice on how to kind of optimize that communication flows, get more people in, a, in, in one meeting or like how would you kind of tackle some of those challenges of like two Yeah.
1: Minutes? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, um I'm not going to sell it short. It is going to be a challenge for for a lot of people because it's it's just such an adjustment, right? Your your boss for example, you know, he hasn't done this before, so it's going to take kind of learning what works a little bit. I mean, I, you know, one of the things I wrote about in the article um, you know, when you're working from home or at least a lot of people working from home for the first time and they have all these distractions um, the pressure is kind of to, you know, uh, be more casual to, uh, you know, kind of lean back, um, you know, you're on your couch, you're in your bed, whatever it is. Um, that's kind of your, your pressure when you're working at home. And so, you know, the thing I've seen that's, that's effective is, you know, you have to you know, kind of try even harder. You have to be even more organized. You have to, you know, send out uh, you know an agenda in the meeting notes or you have to kind of pre-plan for the meeting even more uh, because you're dealing with all these other barriers and I think the big thing is you know you're not the only one is maybe the person running this meeting that's dealing with the barriers you know everyone on that meeting is also dealing with those barriers so you're, you're having to fight harder you're having to be more organized, um, which doesn't come naturally because you're in this more casual environment. So I think that's the thing I, I would say. And I wrote about in the article is, you know, you know, fight against that pressure, try and be more organized, even than you've been in the past, try and give people even more heads up into why, you know, what the point of this meeting is, why we're having it, what the goals are, uh, because people are going to be even offline at times, you know, at home, you're not everyone, you know, everyone's not online, probably nine to five. Some people have kids, you know, other responsibilities so it's kind of on you as as the person who's organizing you know this meeting in this case uh, to to be even more on your game and more um, you know ahead of the ball here
0: definitely that's good advice so you know you, you wrote this article primarily for I would imagine for people who are kind of experiencing this remote this kind of full-time remote uh, experience for the, for the first time but you, you also talk about like full-time PMs and and how it's so important to have that you know face-to-face in-person communication and meeting so uh, i'm curious what what do you lose when you don't have that
1: yeah and so this is one of the things that you know we're obviously in a pretty unique place right now where we're you know quarantined essentially at at home and there's no opportunity to to visit and play or visit in person um, but one of the things we've we've done at ICX in the past that's been successful, even when we were 50% remote, is finding opportunities to bring those remote people in. You know, each sprint or you know once a month for um, a town hall or an all hands meeting. Um, really important because we're still, you know, even though some of our people work remotely, you know, in order to build a, a strong culture and really learn about what people care about outside of work and you know, how they spend their time and, you know, things about their family, all of these things that kind of build strong bonds on teams, Um, you know, kind of joke, you know, things outside of work, you know, building jokes, like, uh, you know, a common language with each other. This all still happens really informally. And I don't think, unfortunately, any remote tools, whether they're Slack, whether they're, you know, Hangouts or Zoom, has quite gotten there yet. Um, You know, maybe five, ten years from now when we're all wearing, like, you know, VR goggles and, like, you know, jacking into our meetings and stuff (laughs) like that, it'll be different. Um, But we're not there yet. And so, yeah, as I wrote about in the article, it's kind of finding those those cadences, um, those right opportunities to bring those people in, even if it's only for a half day or a day a month, um, it still makes a difference. It still lets you build a lot of these informal connections with them, kind of just connect as humans is the way I talked about it, Um, you know, connect beyond work, essentially. Uh, So that's a big thing. Obviously, we're in a unique spot right now where that's not really possible. uh, But once we get out of this, uh, I, I hope to see kind of people you know who who choose to work remote still you know come in a little bit and and kind of build those connections
0: definitely and and I was kind of thinking about like our situation in particular where the majority of our company is at our kind of central headquarters but we have a couple pockets of remote areas actually on on the east coast and a couple in the south and I was just curious most of the time we think about bringing bringing people to HQ How important is it to get over to like kind of everyone else's domain, like send people kind of both directions?
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. I've seen um, other companies, we haven't done this yet, but um, I've definitely seen other companies successfully kind of do like a, you call it like a neutral location or something like that, like pick a cool city to go to that's not the headquarters city and kind of get everyone there so that everyone's kind of on the same level. It's not like here are the remote folks coming in, uh, you know, to headquarters, but it's here's everyone going and and being a team, you know, in in some city. Um, So I think that's the better way to do it because I think the thing I've seen companies struggle with, um, especially... Especially like yours, where let's say it's 90% in office, 10% out of office, is you get this like us versus them dynamic where. You know, the remote people really struggle to kind of be treated at the the same level whether it's intentional or not most of the time it's not intentional but it's just kind of an us versus them it's like oh i, I forgot about that person who was on the call who was calling in from you know some other city um, where you know if you can kind of do things like these these meetups if you want to call it like once a quarter or two times a year even um, you know in a neutral city I think those can make a a big difference in kind of bridging that gap, you know, making those people feel more supported and then making the people in the office, you know, kind of remember uh, those remote folks, you know, more and, and, you know, kind of value them as uh, the same type of members on the team as the ones who are in an office every day.
0: Very good. So as you've been kind of full time now for the last few weeks as a remote PM, what, what's something since writing the article or kind of in the process of, of this whole ordeal that's kind of stuck out to you as being uh, maybe even different than you thought, like you, you've worked with remote product managers, but now it's really hitting home, having to do it yourself.
1: Yeah. I think the thing that's been helpful um, and that I didn't mention in the article, but I've learned in the past couple of weeks has kind of been, you know, building your own remote network. Um, so you know, I have friends from from past companies, um, friends, you know, from who are working at completely different companies in the DC area. And, you know, I'm in like multiple Slack channels for like DC tech and like a few other ones. Um, And just having those people that kind of have this shared experience right now is is really helpful. So to hear how they're working with their teams, you know, how they're dealing with challenges to share my challenges and get their ideas. Um, So I'd call it like build like your remote, tech network um, outside of your company. Um, And I think this goes, you know, obviously we're in a very strange time right now, but even, you know, once we get out of this, just going in the future as people work remotely, like find those people who are also working remotely, either as product people or just other people in tech who you can kind of count in your your remote network. Um, And I think those people are just really helpful resources to learn from, to share challenges with. Um, That's definitely something I've learned and I've taken advantage of over the past couple weeks since I wrote the article.
0: Yeah, I really like that. That's something I'm probably going to start doing myself. That's a that's a great idea. Yeah, great. Cool. So we've kind of said that you're you're an avid uh, blogger already. You have a bunch of articles on Medium, a ton of great content. But that that's not blogging isn't the only writing you do. You've written a couple books already. So I was hoping you could just share a little bit about the the two books that you've you've written, kind of what they're about, and and where we can go find them.
1: Yeah, definitely. So the first book I wrote about four years ago at this point uh, is called Building Digital Products. Um so back when this was still when I was early in my product management career, I you know sought out, you know, different books out there that could help me learn about what this thing of product management was, how I could get better at it, you know, how I could try new things. And really at that time I didn't find anything that kind of helped with that mission. And so I just started writing and I relied on a lot of people who uh, I had worked with who had more experience in product management, people at other companies, giving advice, helping write chapters, um, kind of putting this handbook together for both new product managers and product managers, you know, trying to level themselves up. Um, and so I published that about four years ago. And then I also, about a few months ago, published a second edition of that book where I kind of just updated the content, updated a lot of the references because things in tech changed so quickly that, you know, Know, four years. Uh, it was kind of almost you know, funny even looking back at, you know, some of the references in the original version. So kind of building digital products is that great handbook for either people trying to break into this career or people trying to come up with, with new ideas who are already product managers, kind of just looking to level up. So that was building digital products, uh, and then the book I wrote at the you know and published at the end of 2019 uh, is called "Disrupting Yourself." Um, this book is a little bit broader. It's not just for product managers, not even just for tech people. It really is kind of a guide to succeeding in what I'm calling the new economy. Uh, so this is kind of the new job economy where you know disruption is is kind of the norm um you think of of the friends that you know who you know they've already changed jobs three four or five times i know myself you know i've only been working for 10 years i'm at my fourth company um, and i founded a company uh, you know, kind of the way to succeed today is not to spend 30 years at one company anymore. Um, number one, that's probably not possible anymore, given how quickly things change. Uh, it's it's not really you know possible to do that, and it's also probably not the way you're going to level yourself up again and again. So, disrupting yourself is all about kind of creating these feedback loops of consistently learning consistently leveling up consistently looking for new opportunities to grow Uh, it's really kind of a collection of all the lessons I've learned over these last 10 years what's helped me level up um, and how I've seen you know maybe people fail to level up and and what I think went wrong Um, so building digital products and disrupting yourself um, they're both available on Amazon Um, you should be able to find them pretty easily Uh, they both have paperbacks Kindles and they also have audiobooks too as well. So if you have Audible, um, you can get those both uh, for free with your Audible subscription too. So you can find them pretty much anywhere in any format you, you would like.
0: Very cool. Uh, I like s- something about having like a physical book in my hand. is something that I really like. So I'm, I'm definitely getting a copy of both the paperbacks.
1: Awesome. I'm still pretty old school in that way too. I still take like, <laughs> you know, notes, notes on a notepad and stuff like that. It's just Absolutely. nice having like a, se- a separation from technology sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Well, Alex, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience of, you know, working with with remote product managers and now having to do it yourself full time. I I know I benefited a lot from the article and from this conversation. And so for for the listeners uh, who want to go and find that article, where, where can they go find
1: it? Yeah, so if you look for Alex Mitchell on Medium, uh, if you even just Google that, you'll you'll probably find me. Um, and then the article again was you know kind of all about remote product managers. Um, so if you even Google that, you'll probably find the article. It's uh, been pretty popular, one of my more popular ones lately. Uh, so you can definitely find either me on Medium or or that article just by searching on Google for remote product management.
0: Cool. And, and to make it easy, I'll put a link to the article in... And- the two Amazon links to the books in the show notes as well.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: Of course. Well, thanks, Alex. I appreciate you coming on and sharing.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, John. I really appreciate it. This has been great.
0: That was Alex Mitchell, chief product officer at ICX media. I hope you enjoyed Alex's insights on how to be a great remote product manager as much as I did. Don't forget to find the link to the article and his two books in the show notes. And if you know any PMs or aspiring PMs who would benefit from Alex's article or his books, please share. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode as we continue to bring you key insights from the world's finest product managers and product leaders. To help others find us, feel free to share this episode and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and the Apple Podcast app and a review telling others what you like about the show. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode of Prodcast.